Uncle Nearest and Jack Daniels have combined their resources to create a new program for supporting entrepreneurs in the spirits industry. I got to talk with Uncle Nearest and two of the participants of the program. It is fascinating and it is a decision that will make the entire industry better. It's on tip of the tongue. Tip of the Tongue, a podcast on the Nitty Grits Network, where we explore the intersection of food and drink and museums. This is Liz Williams. We're here today to talk about the Nearest and Jack Advancements Initiative and its business incubation program. We've got with us Blackleaf Organic Vodka, represented by Kevin Lakai. Also, Mission Craft Cocktails, represented by Amit Singh, and also Nearest Green Distillery, represented by Catherine Jerkins. Welcome to everyone. Thanks Thank for you. Having us. Thank you for having us. So, Catherine, let's start with you. Can you kind of explain to us what this program is about? Sure. So, the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative was founded in the early summer of 2020. It was founded between the leaders of Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey and Jack Daniels with the goal of supporting and creating more opportunities for diversity in the spirits industry. And it was a three-pronged approach, and one of those included our business incubator program, of which both Blackleaf and Mission Cocktails are now a part of. When we launched in 2020, had an, an obvious choice for our business incubator program. Denor Craft Cocktails, based in right inside Minneapolis, was se- you know, severely affected by the riots following the murder of George Floyd and needed support. And it became this really incredible mission for about 18 months and of, of a full rebrand and helping with distribution strategies, PR, and even operational stuff. Denor can now be found on Delta flights across the country. And after they, quote, graduated, we talked a lot about, okay, great. This is a great program. How do we do it again? And we realized that we needed a platform to be able to meet more BIPOC spirits entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So that created the Spirits on the Rise Summit, which we initiated last year, last April, or I guess still this year, April, 2023. And within that summit, which lasted a day and a half, we had over 50 spirits entrepreneurs come in for a day and a half of education and networking and the ability for them to actually present their brands. And our leadership, the, the Jack Daniels leadership, our investors that we talked to, there was this route that we all believed that these two brands would be great for our next business incubator program. So though the plan had always been for one, we just couldn't choose. We really just <laughs> fell in love with, with the, the founders and their product and their mission and the way they carried themselves and believe that we could be additive for both of them. So that is how we landed here with these guys. Well, Amit, why don't you tell us about Mission Craft Cocktails? Sure. We are a premium spirits-based cocktail company with all of our ingredients in a bottle, and they're all pre-made in a beautiful glass bottle. So all you have to do is 
take our uh, bottle of margarita and pour it over ice or our Mai Tai. And it's just really simple, easy to use. Uh, and again, it's all premium spirits based, not, you know, cocktails in a can, so to speak. So it's a bit more for the elevated consumer. And I think our, our biggest part of the mission behind Mission Craft Cocktails, it was founded on the premise of giving back. So we give 5% back of all revenues to local food banks. And with food insecurity being what it is these days, we are so happy to do it. And we have already felt such a huge impact within our community with that give back philosophy. So we're, you know, we started a company to make a better cocktail with the belief that if we made a better world at the same time, then we, we all would win. Hmm. Kevin, why don't you tell me about, about Blackleaf Organic Cocktails? Yeah, so it's a Blackleaf Organic Vodka. So okay. we are the first French organic vodka on the market. Um, and we are a company that is championing sustainability and style. So really kind of our premise is we believe strongly in eco-consciousness, organic, but our take on it is, is a little more, it's fresher, right? So typically when you think organic, it, it's usually in a brown paper label. It's something that's not appealing to a lot of folks. So we simply look at organic through a premium lens and we've created a phenomenal vodka that is won many, many awards, double golds, best of class. So it's exceptional product. And, you know, we're looking to build a world-class brand. So, so Amit, when did you all get started and where, where are you based? No, I think much like a lot of companies, we started during COVID and, you know, the honest truth is, you know, much like myself and my business partner, Marcia Malisco, you know, much like a lot of other people, we turned into at-home alcoholics. I hate to say it during COVID. So as we did that, and we are cocktail lovers and foodies, we went out, we bought ingredients, we made cocktails at home, and it created a disaster. We realized we were lovers of cocktails, not great makers of cocktails at that point. So we took the easy way out, and we went out and searched for craft cocktails in the marketplace. We went out and, you know, it's probably started, I would say at the bottom and eating the cheapest and kind of realized that didn't hit our taste profiles. And we kind of worked our way up the ladder to the point of, you know what we thought, Hey, nothing so far has really hit home for us and nothing tastes like it does out of a, a cocktail shaker. And, you know, we probably shook off the ha hangover from the night before and still had enough vim and vinegar to say, I think we can do better. So we started during COVID. It took literally about 18 months to two years of formulation because our, our formulation was, we started with the simple moniker of if we can't, if we're not proud serving these drinks to our friends at our home, we don't want to make them. So that really meant we had to use real fruit juices. So our, our margarita, we use the, you know, the, the juice of six limes in every bottle. It was using premium spirits. So hundred percent agave tequila. So it took us a while to, to get those recipes for all five of our drinks. So the Marg, the Mai Tai, the Cosmo, the Manhattan and Old Fashioned, find the right spirits to go in them. And then we really just launched at retail per se, you know, at the beginning of 2023. So it was two and a half, two years of development and production and, and wonderful, wonderful R&D sessions where we just sample all day or at least in the mornings and take a break. So that's kind of the, the genesis of it. And as I mentioned, we, we only wanted to start a company that had a purpose behind it. 
And that is why we call the company Mission Craft Cocktails. And Kevin, let me ask you the same question. When did you get started and where are you located? Yeah, so originally launched a really long time ago. I think it was around 2013. So how it all came about was I had a background in finance and I always wanted to do my own thing. And I somehow was passionate about, you know, consumer products, wanted to do something, didn't quite know what. And then I was on vacation in Cognac, France, ended up meeting what seemed to be the only black person in, in Cognac, which I always find interesting when you think about the space. But he introduced us to a bunch of people, including a gentleman by the name of Bertrand de Clee, who owned a fifth generation cognac house. So as we you know, we hit it off and I realized this guy's a master craftsman. I've always wanted to do my own thing. So then the light bulb moment went off, right? So ended up, you know, launching the brand. But what you realize is the alcohol business is a beast, especially if you have no experience whatsoever. So long story short, the brand fizzled, but fast forward to 2019, I relaunched it because I felt like there was something there and it was just covered in sort of hard work and really learning the business. So the last few years we've been, you know, really figuring out, are we drinking our own Kool-Aid or is there really something here that's resonating with consumers? And I think the resounding answer is we do have something and now we're just hyper-focused on, on sort of scaling that. And I'm based in D.C., and my business partner is based in Atlanta. So those are two home markets. Okay. So I'm really curious because your products are really different. One is just spirit and the other one is a, a cocktail already mixed. So do you have different audiences? Do you, do your, is your markets, are your markets different? So Amit, why don't you start? Sure. I mean, hey, I know, what, and I'm going to reiterate exactly what Kevin said. You know, we're, we come from outside the spirits business, myself and my best friend. And, uh, you know, we definitely had rose colored glasses on when we started this vim and vinegar and ready to go and tackle the world until we realized that this business is a beast. And it's got so many layers and so many layers and levels of complexity and and red tape. So just reiterating what Kevin said, you know, for those that are listening in that want to that want to jump into the spirits business, I think the failure rate in the spirits business has to be one of the highest failure rates in any consumer products business around. And I know I'm probably deviating from your question a little bit, sorry, but it just proves the power of that ad advancement initiative. And I know we'll get into it, but I almost tear up every time I talk talk about it because it was such a trans you know transformational moment for us as a business and and us personally that uh, I don't know what we do or, or probably where Kevin and, and 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 us would be at this point without that intervention. So having said that, I think the question on the difference of business might be better answered by by Catherine because I don't know enough about the business. I barely know enough about my own business to answer probably why they took both of us, because we we are in absolutely different segments of the spirits business. Well, it's interesting to me because I live in New Orleans and in Louisiana, the, you know, every grocery store you can buy, at, you can buy spirits at, at the, the gas station, you know, it's like sold everywhere. And yeah. I can really <laughs> imagine, I can really imagine buying the pre-mixed cocktail 
And I know that you didn't invent pre-mixed cocktails because they've been around for a long time, but the idea of a premium pre-mixed cocktail is something very unusual. And so I think that I could just see it, you know, in the grocery store and then you can have all of that um, for a party or whatever, without having to have a bartender or something. And it could be kind of fun. Um, And Kevin, do you feel the same way? Because I'm going to go to Catherine in a second about the support you've gotten from this program. Yeah, I think it's it's immense, you know, just having when you get into the space, it's super challenging. Right. So having giants, you know, such as Uncle Nearest, Jack Daniels, like really being willing to open their doors and support and, and pull us up. I think it's you know, it, it got us really excited and, you know, we think it'll be extremely impactful for our business. So, Catherine, tell us a little bit about the program and how how you are supporting everybody and how you're making sure that people make contacts with each other and with the, the, the larger players in this field. What, it, what does it consist of? Yeah, it's, so myself and my counterpart, at Jack Daniels and I, have we have a cadence of meetings every other week with both of the teams and since the very beginning it's really been about what do they need so look we're not this is i think the most important thing to reiterate is that we are not in we are not investors in the brand we have no ownership or any stake so this is this this whole thing is really for what do you guys need so each of them has different needs and desires and places that they want to be at the end of this year 3 years 5 years from now so we're working through all of that a lot of the work in the beginning right now has been about let's let's look at your brand, tell us who you guys are, you know, and then let us, you know, you look Jack Daniels. If you look at the past, look at Jack, the man always has been and always will be one of the strongest market marketers and branding companies I know. And so we've got a big powerhouse there and, and a lot of resources there. You know, our team has the we have the closeness of having launched only six and a half years ago and having done it in a very fast, rapid way and learning a lot and falling down and picking ourselves back up. So we just, we've got this really nice one, two punch that can really help them with whatever they need. But again, it's not about this monetary investment, but it's time, it's advice, it's take it or leave it if you want it. But I think it's been going well. And it's a lot of introductions and emails and connecting and things like that, that quite frankly, you know, for our brand, Uncle Nearest, you know, it was start our founder had no spirits background either. I had no spirits background and we didn't have a lot of those, a lot of that, you know, phone a friend, help us out kind of thing. So it's really like our true pleasure and part of our ethos, at least with uncle nearest is to pull as we climb. So this program is anything that they want it to be. And like I said, for Chris at Denord's craft spirits, it ended up with a rebrand and then through their efforts and through our efforts with, then they ended up, you know, being able to bottle 50 mLs and get them on Delta flights and get the distribution needed to pull that off in a short period of time. So it really is just about whatever the individual needs are. Okay. Well, so let's talk about individual needs. So let's talk about what these sort of coaching sessions, I don't know what you might might call them, but how do they proceed? Do you have an agenda ahead of time? Do you come with a million questions, Kevin? What do you? <laughs> how would you describe it? I'm sure yeah, they're I mean, all different, so I I know that I, there's not going to be the same thing for everybody. But go ahead, Kevin. 
Right. So, I mean, we, we had given a lot of thought to kind of what we wanted. Again, we're hyper-focused on scale. So we knew our gaps. We knew the areas in our business we wanted to stress test. And, and the process so far has been the foundational piece of before you start doing all of these things, what is your brand, right? And how have you done the critical thinking around your brand? And even when you have, let's go ahead and pressure test that and go through that process. So that has been very organized, right? So we have an agenda. We're going through somewhat of a, a curriculum, if you will, and you know the deliverables. That so it's been really good to kind of dissect everything, and then from there, you know, there are very clear areas that we would want to continue to build upon. So yeah, so it's it's structured, and I, I think you kind to Kate's point, you know, it's based on how you drive it and what you want. And the beauty is they've been extremely open, right? So any question, they've been very, very forthcoming. So that's that's been very encouraging. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a very exciting program. So Catherine, what do you think that you're you get out of it? Not not uncle, not not your product, but you. Yeah. Well, I just I I mean, all all the good feels, honestly. Look, I, I, it really is selfishly just, it's like a real pleasure. It just makes me really happy to help and to teach the things that I learned and to show you the mistakes I've made and to tell you, no, don't do this in Texas and careful in Georgia or whatever it is, all the things, all the <laughs> silly mistakes I made, you know? So honestly, it just, it, it just feels good. I mean, I, it selfishly just is, it's one of my favorite things about what I do and it's part of like kind of who I am. So I just, it feels good, you know? And I, I, I'd like to just say too, you know, we've been spending a lot of time just on these calls with each other, but as we start to develop things now, you know, Jamie, my counterpart and I talked about, it's now start time to start integrating. So, so with the brand team at Jack and so-and-so with this person so that they, so the program will start to really like, there's going to be a lot more interaction and a lot more of not just seeing me and Jamie, but seeing a lot more people in these companies as well. Okay. So, so it's not just you all as coaches, but actually access to the other departments in, yeah. in the companies. That's, that's a, that's a really a lot. So Absolutely. does that include things like accounting and finance and all of that? Is it mostly brand? If that's what's needed, like we, Kevin, I'm, hopefully we've got, if we haven't gotten this meeting set up yet, we are planning to set up a meeting with our CFO because, you know, Kevin and Monty want to talk through, you know, investor ideas and things like that, you know, things like, so it really is, it, it's, you know, whatever they really need need at the moment then we Jamie and I sort of identify who where do we have that strength on what side and then we'll start making all those connections that that is really exciting I can imagine how excited you must have been to have been selected for this because it just sounds <laughs> so dynamic and so personalized so that it's not just a cookie cutter thing where everyone just goes to the same class and learns the same thing but you don't really know how to activate it sometimes, but this gives right. you the activation where you're making actual connections and getting emails and phone numbers and whatever. I think that sounds, sounds really wonderful. So how long does the program last? Is it like forever now you're bonded? Like, um, 
friends forever. Right. <laughs> um, yes. Always. <laughs> We're going to have friendship necklaces. No, it'll be like, it's about a 12 to, it's 12 to 18 months, mo probably closer to 12. As, so we're going to continue with Spirits on the Rise every year. So my goal is by April, they'll be able to share some of their learnings and be able to present some of the things they've learned and then maybe even help us to identify some additional businesses, you know, and, and we'll keep this cycle going. But we're always going to be, we're, we're always there. Yeah. So, so we want to make sure we get the deliverables that they want. So it's over when that happens, sure. essentially. Yeah. So does... Does this work like any kind of a, a fellowship or a some kind of a thing where you have to make an application? Or do you just look at the people who've attended your your that annual program that you talked about and just decide from that who who you want to identify for this program? For this program, we're really looking at the attendees. And the reason why is we're spending this coming year two days together. And then there's an emerging brands fair where we all have the opportunity for several hours to have these entrepreneurs set up, tasting their products, showing what they've done. And so it's such an, it's, there's not really any other better opportunity than that to get to know people and to be able to taste these products and understand what their plans are. And so when, once we narrowed down folks that we've met, we also, we did, inter, we ended up interviewing a few other companies as well. And then as a collective, we decided on, on Blackleaf and on Mission. So it wasn't, it wasn't like we just pulled these two out of the crowd and we're like, you're in. It was, you know, they still, we all had some conversations and we had conversations with some other brands and there was decision-making to be made, but our collective Nearson Jack Advancement Initiative, our board, our committee, after presented with everything, it was unanimous on these two brands. So um, when when you think about your future, are you thinking that at some point that you might expand the number of cocktails that you offer? Uh, absolutely. So the one thing, I have no spirits background, but I do have a little bit of consumer products background. And I realized that innovation is king in the CPG space. So you have to constantly evolve and we've got the five drinks, but we know, hey, maybe three will be winners at certain retailers and, and maybe not all of them in other retailers. So we're constantly evolving. We've got a, a spicy pineapple jalapeno marg coming out, margarita coming out in Q1. We've spent a lot of time in development on an espresso martini coming out probably Q3 of next year, a Paloma potentially, and a Negroni. So we've got to also, you know, expand the taste and flavor profiles for everyone in our customer base. And a lot of that also includes other spirits. So that means gin as well, but we got to stay hot and trendy with drinks because that is what the cocktail business is, you know, a little different from the spirits business, which is a bit more traditional. We've got to stay up with current flavors. So absolutely, we will continue to innovate. It's probably the funnest part of the job because everything else is block and tackle. This by far is the funnest part for us. And Kevin, the same thing to you. What kind of future are you looking at? Do you think that you will expand either with flavored vodkas or some other kinds of spirits? What's what's in your future? Um, so for Black Leaf, we're, we're definitely just focused on the one. We'll probably have size extensions but we're, we're just focused on, on there's a lot of runway with, with what we have. So we'll, we'll focus on that and, and 
eventually turn it into a global brand. Wow, that's that's so ambitious. It's both of you. It's just really, really exciting to think about. One more question that I have, because I now I know there's so much there's so much emphasis now on non-alcoholic spirits. Have have you looked into that at all? Either one of you. So I mean, in terms of for for the brand, no, we haven't. I think it's it's an occasion that you know, in, in certain occasions, people do consume that, and you know, it's clear it's important to have awareness around that. But in terms of incorporating it into our product line extensions, no, that's not anything we're considering. What about you, Ahmed? I would reiterate what Kevin said. You know, the the runway is huge. The platforms that we're we're going to be given is massive. Just with the, the consumers. We've got so much to to in you know to digest and so much opportunity. There's guys out there that do the non-alcoholic stuff and been doing it for years, and a lot of them are getting really good and very crafty. To play catch up and chase that trend isn't what we. That's not our passion, right? My passion, unfortunately, for my calorie count with alcohol is not non-alcoholic. I love a good stiff drink, and I'm going to follow my passion and be authentic around that. So Catherine, Kate, I'm going to let you have the last word here. So what is it that you think that um, your, your company, what does Nearest get out of, out of this? Not you personally, but Nearest. And what about Jack Daniels? Is it, is it something that you just feel obligated to do because it seems like the right thing to do? Or does the company itself get some benefit from it? Hmm. It's a great question. The reality is, is that the benefit I think is a lot more for the people and for the people that are involved more than anything. We didn't do this out of obligation. We did this out of an actual need from what we were seeing as somebody from an outsider coming into the spirits industry, you know, almost right away, I was hit in the face with it. I joke all the time, but it's like, I would be walking into rooms of people that all look like my husband, like middle-aged white men in blue shirts. And, you know, I, I, you know, I am, I'm a Caucasian woman. So I, you know, that wasn't the diversity, you know, for that is not, is is, for me is not there as much, but it's it's an issue. But what I'm, what I was seeing overall is that I'm the only woman in the room. And, And actually twice in the last week, I've been at distributors in meetings where I was the only woman in the room with 15 guys. And both recently I've stopped being quiet about it and asked legit, do you guys just not hire women? <laughs> so I'm trying to push, you know, and then what's going on with people of color? Cause in most of those situations, maybe one or two of those men were any, like were, would be, you know, even BIPOC appearing, but I wasn't, it's not clear. You know what I mean? Like if there's just, you're, there's not a lot of visible diversity in this industry. And so Fawn and I saw that the Jack Daniels team saw that. And so this approach is, you know, it's the business incubator, but we're also working on apprentices as well. So we can bring in visible leadership into distributors, into suppliers, because there's just not there. So many, I would say many women, many people of color are not seeing themselves in leadership in any of in this industry at all. And so it doesn't even really occur to you to go look for that job. You don't have, you're not seeing your good friend who's thriving in XYZ. And so, you know, for us, that's been a big part of our mission. So truly no obligation. I think every person involved in this feels the need, sees the need, has experienced the need, 
And we just, we want to see this industry succeed. You will only succeed if you also, sorry, one last point is the United States, you know, white men make up 30% of our population, right? So when you look at any company, you want to see the diversity of, of the entire, of the company. So our goal in our company is to build a company that looks like America. Now, mm-hmm. I want to be really clear. That doesn't mean, and that, that's the other piece is there's the other you know, the part of the spectrum where people are like, not, they don't want to have white men around. That's not, that's not the solution either. The solution is just making a bigger pie and bringing all of us together to be together and make our companies, make our industries look like our consumers, which is a very diverse group of people, especially in the United States. So it sounds like what you're saying to me is that it makes, because you have this opportunity it makes you like your company more because they're working on this and that the company is contributing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Look, I am not, this is not about me, but I'm employee number one with my company. So I've always been about the company from the beginning. I believe in our founder and our CEO, but she's also, she's a mission driven, purpose driven CEO. And so I'm all in when it came to that. So yeah, it's like when you didn't think you could like it anymore, then we got to add this piece to it. And this is a delight. It's a, the, one of the most delightful parts of my job, genuinely. And I genuinely love these guys. And we've had some great conversations. And I look forward to all of us literally growing in this industry together, because that's actually really what we're doing. So we're coming to the end. I'm going to give uh, Amit and Kevin just a minute or so to sort of say anything else they want to say. Amit, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, you know, I think your your last question was such an important one. And being a, you know, a BIPOC owner, I found that so many initiatives from, from companies are so disingenuous. And, and really, truly, I lost a bit of hope. I really did. And just like, it didn't seem, you know, again, disingenuous, and it's, and it's easy to make claims of of inclusion when you're in a market leading position, and it's good for PR. Um, when I went to the advancement initiative, I went there seeking kind of, you know, what some knowledge and some background. What I, what I got was, you know, unbelievable access to, to people and resources and insight. So if, if I left with that alone, it would have been a huge win. I tell people I left with something much more powerful. I saw, I, I left with hope and inspiration that, that two companies were, were doing what they were doing and giving back in such a meaningful way. They were empowering. They weren't going to check a box and say, hey, 1.2% of our population or you know, 1.2% of the people that work here are black or whatever. It, it was so genuine and so inspiring. So they didn't you know, unleash 150 people with knowledge. They, they unleashed you know, me and Kevin and Monty with hope and inspiration. And that's the most powerful thing I think I left with. And we came back from that so fired up to go, wow, if they're going to put their money where their mouth is, literally and figuratively, why can't we? Like, why can't we embrace and, and do what we're so passionate about? And, you know, we we always talked about our drinks. And now in any, any conversation we have, it's actually the last thing we talk about. We talk about our mission of giving back and, and you know, the 13,000 meals that we've delivered to Orange County families. So it was about, you know what, the hope, the inspiration, We've done, we've gotten so much more accomplished in the last six months with that drive, because knowing there's people like 
you know, like Catherine and like Vaughn and, and like Matthias and Jamie out there that mean what they say. And that's the greatest gift I ever could have got. And Kevin? Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is, you know, the spirits business, as many industries, has a diversity issue, right? So this initiative really, you know, taking the stand to break down these barriers is incredible. And the opportunity is not lost on us, right? So, you know, it's almost like when you realize the problem, you know, being in it, you also kind of have to be mission driven. So we're, it's, it's very, very important for us to take this opportunity and to make it impactful for our business. And then also really just adopt that mindset that some barriers are going to be broken for us. So let's also keep it broken for those that come after us. And really at the end of the day, what we want to show is, you know, excellence and ambition can thrive in the hands of diverse entrepreneurs. Well, I'm thank I want to thank all of you. I'm leaving this conversation feeling all uplifted. <laughs> it's really great. And I hope I can do my little part in dropping this podcast out into the world so that more people can learn about all of you as well as this program. So thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Take okay. Care. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Tip of the Tongue, a part of the Nitty Grits Network of the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. Subscribe to this and other food and drink related podcasts at southernfood.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to keep up with me, Liz Williams, you can subscribe to my Substack newsletter, also called Tip of the Tongue, for more information about this podcast, recipes, and just what is going on. I'm Liz Williams. Thanks for listening.